Today is Thursday, March 24th. The title for our devotional is Growth and Unity. Remember this week, we're going through our core values as a church that we recently reworked. And today, we're covering growth and unity. The phrase under growth that we've written is, there will always be more of God to discover. So we continually draw nearer to God by exploring His Word, experiencing His presence, and examining our own hearts. A couple of the scripture passages that come to mind when we talk about growth are Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. Uh, Paul writes, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And 2 Corinthians 3, 18, which I read in the podcast yesterday as well, and we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And then our second uh, value that we're going to cover today is unity. Uh, the phrase that we've written under unity is, we embrace a sacrificial willingness to set aside opinions, preferences, and interests for the sake of the gospel. When disagreements do arise, we faithfully navigate those tensions to look more like God's kingdom. And a few verses on that, Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And Philippians 2, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, if, any of, if, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. All right, so now John and I are going to just chat about this and have a little conversation about growth and unity within our church. So first, let's, uh, let's just talk about growth. John, I've, I've already talked a little bit on this, so why don't you kick us off talking about growth? Yeah, I think for me, the, the big idea here is that we, we never want to, we always should want more. Mm-hmm. Um, once we experience uh, the abundant life that we talked about in our mission statement, once we experience that, um, we always should want more of it. That should be a constant desire that we have. So in terms of our understanding of the scripture, right, we should not be content with where we're at. We should have a desire to continue to grow. Uh, the healthiness of our relationships, right? I, if you can't, um, if you can't communicate with somebody like your, you know, your kid, your adult child or your spouse or someone, if you just really struggle to communicate there, that's not something that you should simply settle for and say, this is just the way it is, right? We should continually um, be desiring growth because we should be desiring more of the abundant life, right? So more of the presence of God, more of the understanding of God's will that comes through better knowing God's presence and better knowing God's word. And uh, in that sentence, we, we say right, right away, there will always be more of God to discover. There will always be more of God to discover. That doesn't mean that God changes. It doesn't mean that God changes. And sometimes I think we get nervous at the idea that we don't have the full picture already because that makes us feel like, Things might, things might start to feel unsteady or, um, you know, basically if we, you know, if we like our view of God right now, 
and it fits nicely with our life, then why would we want to learn more about God? Um, is, is I think the idea that we want to push back on, there will always be more of God to discover everybody from, from the youngest Christian who knows, who knows very little except, you know, like, like the blind man in scripture, you preached on that a while ago and it was great. So like, I, I don't know, I don't have answers to all your questions. What I know is I was blind and now I see when he, when he encounters Jesus, right? From someone who has that level of knowledge to the theologian who has spent their whole life, I believe uh, both of those people, when they spend eternity with Jesus, they're, they're going to be like, oh man, there's so much I just did not know mm-hmm. and understand, right? And so with that in mind, we should desire more and understand that there always will be more to learn and discover. Mm-hmm. And we want to have that heart, that curiosity and that drive to continually uh, draw near to God by exploring his word, experiencing his presence mm-hmm. and examining our own hearts. You know, when I think about this and <clears throat> I imagine, imagine some of you may be thinking too, like I've experienced times in my life where like the growth just seems stagnant or I don't seem mm-hmm. to be growing very much or, um, it, it, it just, it kind of in a, in a, a rut in your spiritual life. And, and to a degree, I think we all go through that. What we're trying to get at with this value is much more of just like your, your intention and your heart to your purpose. Like, are you, uh, are you comfortable in those seasons of stagnation spiritually. And I don't think any of us should be. Um, And there's a lot of things that we can do to just put ourselves in a place where we can grow. And just doing those things that we we know to do, like reading scripture, like by exploring his word, we say in here, right? Because again, there's always more of God to discover. By practicing his presence, experiencing time with him, just sitting and being alone with God, examining our heart and our motivations and so the idea isn't that we just need like that we're never going to go through times where we feel stagnant and but what's our heart what's our motivation behind this are we striving to grow and then through those times where we felt stagnant and when we really when we look back and examine those like those can really be growth opportunities for us too uh, when we see why was I stagnant was there sin in my life that was causing me to avoid like reaching out to God or finding him? Was I just too busy and not prioritizing my time with God? Like, like those times do happen, but like, is our heart to grow through those? And are we comfortable? Are we, are we desiring to grow in the midst of those even? That, that's, I think, what we're getting at with this value. And it's, I mean, I, I love pointing all of these values back to the mission statement because they really, they have to be grounded in that. So the idea of growth if our, if our goal, if our mission is not the abundant life of Christ, mm-hmm. if that's not what we're going after, then we're not going to be motivated to grow. If, if, if the way we see our faith is like, all right, I checked that box, I'm going to heaven, then we're going to grow in other areas. We're going to be motivated to grow in our, in our ability to, to su- succeed professionally, mm-hmm. to make more money, to manage our money, all the things that, um, that we tend to actually all the things that we tend to actually value more than, than spiritual growth. I think there's a big reason. I think there's a lot of good, you know, content around leadership, Christian leadership. Um, and there are some really good things and I've learned a lot from some of that stuff, but I think that stuff really moves the needle with people. They would rather listen to Christian leadership than to, you know, things about the Bible, things of that nature. And I think ultimately one of the reasons why, is because they can sort of check the box of like, oh, I kind of did my devotions, but they can apply the principles to, to what the world calls abundant life. Mm-hmm. 
And, and in so many cases, that's our core motive. And if our core motive isn't abundant life in Christ, mm-hmm. then we're, whatever energy we have for growth, we're going to put into things that, that aren't about the kingdom. They're about whatever kingdom we're building for ourselves. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of times we kind of use, our temptation is to use uh, scripture or the way of Jesus, the abundant life of Jesus uh, to make our like business better. Right. Or to use uh, our, our spiritual growth to just make our family life better or our whatever so that we can reach some other goal. But if our priority and our goal is truly living the abundant life of Christ, the kingdom of God, and knowing Jesus more, then like, that is a good in itself. And that is what we're striving for in and of itself is the abundant life of Christ instead of just growing in order to achieve like a, a, better, a better result at work or a better... Um, or a better family life. That's just kind of using the abundant life of Christ to achieve something else. Right. Our goal isn't, uh, our goal isn't to level our lives up, mm-hmm. right? Our goal is to discover abundant life in Christ and live right. it together. And so if we ground it in that, when we talk about growth, that's what, that is truly what we're talking about. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that all that content's bad. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. But I would say if that's all you listen to, if the only Christian discipleship stuff you're listening to is stuff that's going to also help you professionally, mm-hmm. then it's, it's good to examine your motive in that. If nothing sure. else actually interests you sure. or piques your interest, mm-hmm. if you're not curious about what scripture says, mm-hmm. um, but you're very curious about what a strong leader says about how you should lead, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's, that's something to think through a little bit. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say on this one is we, when we think of growth, spiritual growth, we tend to only think of it in the lens of like learning more about scripture or like understanding more about God, which is knowledge, right? Knowledge. Yes. Which is a super important part of it. I think of like most of the ways that I've grown in my life is either by like reading a book or hearing a podcast or being challenged to think differently about something. But, um, but then how we take that knowledge and what we do with that is also growth producing as well. Like when we learn a new practice, so like how to fast and pray, for example, like mm-hmm. when we apply that into our life, it can teach us humility. So it's not just like the head knowledge, which often is the, the, uh, the first step I think for us is learning something new. Um, but then how we allow that to form our character, that's a form of growth as well to be better communicating and better in relationships. That's a form of growth as well. Like just learning how to, how to commune with God better and to sit with him better. Those, those are all forms of spiritual growth that we don't want to just narrow our focus to just knowledge. Well, I think the the other part that I always think about is, is our ability growing in our ability to examine our own hearts, mm-hmm. right? Growing in our ability to, to be honest with ourselves about what our motives are, to be mm-hmm. honest with ourselves about how we're deceiving, you know, how we've historically deceived ourselves or, um, you know, the, the patterns that we repeat, things of that nature. I think, mm-hmm. Um, there's so much growing that you can do there that can help you then apply um, apply the truth of God's word and the wisdom that comes uh, from exploring God's word. I, I always say um, about the Bible, like sometimes not understanding what the application of a Bible teaching is, is a you problem, not a, not a problem with the teacher, right? Because if we can honestly examine our hearts, and, and come to terms with how broken we are, mm-hmm. we can usually find some application right. uh, when, we're, when we're being taught truth. Right. All right, let's talk about unity a little bit. Um, unity 
in the midst of a church is a, it, it, it can be, it, it's what most of the New Testament is written about, <laughs> kind of, to a degree. It's about how do we be unified with our different ideas? How, does, how do we bring, uh, they were writing about how do we bring in Jews and Gentiles who have very different values and systems and cultures together within the church. Um, unity is really important. It's often, it's often elusive. It's a value that I think we all hold, but it can be pretty elusive. So I think, again, like as, as you said earlier, going back to our core, our mission statement of experiencing the abundant life of Christ, if that is truly our purpose and that's our, that's our drive to experience the abundant life of Christ, to follow all that Jesus says, if we have the words of Scripture, the words of Jesus as our baseline um, and as the thing that we all agree on, uh, unity can be a challenge, but it's, it's definitely attainable. Yeah, I love what you said about, again, going back to the mission. I think we can have a lot of unity around disagreements, around preferences, um, if our why is is the same. Mm-hmm. So the what, the how, um, there can be a lot of different expressions there. There can be some disagreement. Um, and you can navigate those tensions, right, like we talked about. It's difficult to navigate tensions of why, of literally the reason that we're here isn't the same, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's where that's where um, that's where I, I like to differentiate between the two because because sometimes um, sometimes you need to simply put aside those differences and say, hey, we're going to put aside the differences because this thing is more important. This is our why. The mission of Jesus Christ is why experiencing and discovering abundant life in Christ and sharing it together. All the things we've been talking about, if if the why is the same, then I think unity is actually pretty easy. You know, we don't really like to fight anyways. You know, we, right. we tend to not right. enjoy conflict that much, um, but we do need to obviously address it when it arises. But people, if the, when the, the why is the same, people are, um, people desire reconciliation and they want, they want to sort out those other things so that they can, continue unified in the, in that same why. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of cases, um, in a lot of cases, the why isn't the same. And then there, that's a different thing. And so for us, when we talk about unity, it's, it's, I think it's in my mind, it's twofold. One is really aligning on the why, like we, the people who decide to really throw in and call this place home, they need to know our why really well. Mm-hmm. And they need to get on board with that. Why? Um, so that's the first part. And then the second part is, then from there, let's be open-handed about the what and the how. Let's be gracious. Let's let's disagree well. Um, let's navigate tension, and, and and those differences will make us stronger. Those what's and those hows will make us stronger. But differences in, in why are not a strengthening difference, right? right? Those are a weakening difference. And so that's the that's for me. Those are the two parts of unity. One is. We really do need to align on the why, and then from there we don't need uniformity and all these other things. Exactly. The example that always comes to mind when I talk about this is like sports teams. Like you're saying, if you're unified around the why, which these guys, like if you're taking a basketball team for example, they always like have fights inner 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 team conflict, right, where they're fighting over something, but they always keep coming back and saying like we're unified in pursuing a championship this year. And so if we as a church have the same kind of mindset, where we're unified in pursuing this abundant life in Christ together. Then you're right. We can we can definitely get through uh, a lot of the other tensions and a lot of the other disagreements that we have together. The other thing that I think about is how important it is for us to 
differentiate between different different beliefs and different categories of beliefs is how how we always talk about it. There's essentials. Those are the things that we hold with a close fist. Like we're not compromising on these. We're not compromising that that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again on the third day, where God exists as a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like those are the essentials of the faith that we're not compromising on. And then there's non-essentials. Those are the doctrines and things that we believe that we hold with an open hand that we believe that Christians can agree to disagree on. Those are things like end time theology, things like um, Bible translations, things like um, even your, your like salvation theology uh, or Calvinism, Arminianism, things like that. Like we can agree to disagree on those. I think there's room to disagree on the, the uh, uh, does the Holy Spirit still do like uh, miraculous work today, cessationism versus continuationism, like those kinds of things we can agree to disagree on as a church. And then there's even another category beyond that of opinions of things that like, ah, it's just kind of my preference, like, uh, like music styles or like attire, like what, what you think you should wear or shouldn't wear to church. The problem tends to come in when we disagree on what category a doctrine should be placed in, in that framework of essential. So if I think it's a non-essential and somebody thinks it's an essential, that's where the tension tends to come in and it tends to be um, a disunifying idea within our church. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think when, when we, um, I mean, we, we have in some instances pushed on things over the last couple of years. And in some cases, I think people have, have uh, thought of that as disunifying, you know, Um, our heart is to be unified. um, But again, the, the why matters so much. And, um, and I think we didn't necessarily do the best job of establishing our why. And a lot of what we're doing right now with these values in this, in this mission statement is about further establishing our why, right? The, the really the core motivations behind what we're doing and, um, and wanting people to understand them, to internalize them and to really be on board with them. Um, and so, with that, uh, with that said, there is so much, again, there's so much that we are willing to be gracious about. We desire actually to be gracious about, and we, and we like, like having those differences of opinion, things of that nature. But, but that, but that why is so important. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, we have to be unified from that place. And that's what, that's what this is all about. That's what this new mission statement is all about. So, um, so I would say there's so much room for difference. Um, when we have the same mission, mm-hmm. but in a church where that where, where if the mission is something different, the the scope of the differences that they can have shrinks really quickly. So if if your why isn't the kingdom of God, if it's something else, if it's your specific way of life or your cultural expression or whatever, then the things you're willing to disagree on um, they get a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. I've heard talks where um, people are talking about like their disagreements. And they're talking about these tiny disagreements, like they're huge disagreements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you're like your your vision for what you're trying to create is so hyper specific, and your why is not right. Mm-hmm. And from there, you just you can't have a broad base of you know. And so we want we want to ground our unity in the right why, in in the kingdom of God, in the mission, in the way of of Jesus, and from there. There's so much room for expression. There's so much room to learn from each other, to disagree well, and to navigate tensions. Mm-hmm. We think those things make us look more like God's kingdom, 
when what we desire and what we are seeking first is God's kingdom. Absolutely. I saw a, uh, saw a David French quote a while back where he said that the uh, where the fruit of the Spirit is present within a church community, uh, we can we can we don't have to have perfect uniformity on everything, but where the fruit of the spirit is not present within a church community, then we have to have uniformity right. on every belief. And those, those opinions or those secondary doctrines, those non-essentials, they become bigger than they're supposed to be. If we're not living in the fruit of the spirit, like love, if we don't have a sense of how to love one another and to love your neighbor, your, your fellow brother and sister in Christ, apart from their, apart from your differences, if you're not striving for that, if you don't have that character being built in you, then it's it's really, really difficult to disagree. But if you live with the fruit of the Spirit and that character, for then we can disagree over this stuff. Yeah, and when um, I think one of the things that most often becomes something that people idolize and put over the kingdom of God is control, mm-hmm. right? And so if if the kingdom isn't your most important thing, it might be control mm-hmm. because we have this desire to control our lives. And from that place, it's very, it's very easy to get to a place where you're trying to micromanage and make sure that your family is only experiencing the things that you want your family to experience, et cetera. Right. Um, so yeah, again, I'll wrap this up, but unity embracing differences as long as we're grounded in that same why. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.